0: All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Newt News. Today, um, we've got some great material for you. We're going to discuss some of the last series, and then we're going to talk a little bit about what's really been a frustrating overall start for Cardinals fans. But don't worry, we've got plenty of reassurance. And then we're going to be previewing some future series. So stay tuned and let's get into it.
1: Yeah, so not a great start for the Cardinals. Lots of fans are going into panic mode already. It is only April 23rd, guys. So let's calm down a little bit. The team is not off to the start that we wanted, 8-13, and but we've always seen this team rebound, so our hope is not, not gone yet. So what are some of our key takeaways from some of these past series, and what do you think the
2: Cardinals can do to be better? Yeah, I mean, like you said, Cardinals Twitter has entered a frenzy, and it's been – you know, crazy these past few weeks. But um, I think some positives from the last series are the fact that um, our offense has still been great. Um, we've, we've had a game, I believe, on the 19th against Arizona. You know, we had 14 runs in that game. Um, so our offense has exploded in in some of those games. So I think we just need to solve our pitching problems before we uh, continue.
1: Yeah, Madison Bunkarner with the, with the Diamondbacks uh, is no more uh, after – scuffling with Contreras they they DFA'd him so I mean if we can get such a veteran pitcher DFA'd there's still signs of life in this team.
0: Yeah I will say um, the Mad Bum game is one thing but I mean he's been one of the worst pitchers in baseball this year so success against him is relative. I heard a, a story I don't know if any of our viewers have seen this but apparently Players were talking about adjusting to him the way you'd adjust to a position player coming into pitch. So it really was an unceremonious end to a great career. It's not over yet. Someone will take a chance, maybe the A's, the Oakland Um, Triple A's. I guess the Las Vegas Triple A's. That's tough. But a note about the offense um, while the offense looks good with nobody on base and the offense looks great with runners on first. With runners in scoring position this year, as I'm sure Cardinals fans you've seen, it's really frustrating. The Cardinals somehow are number three in average. We're number three in on-base percentage. We're a top five team in OPS, number eight in slugging. The Cardinals hit. They hit the ball hard. We've got one of the highest exit velocities in baseball, and yet we're outside the top 15 in runs scored. And so obviously this is something that can't continue, right? You're not going to have the third highest batting average in the league and the 17th most amount of runs scored by the end of the year. That's going to change Um, so, you know, that, that's all I've got. Basically, we need to be better at situational hitting. And so hopefully that's something that we see start turning soon. Miles Michaelis had an interview the other day, uh, with Bally, where he was saying something along the lines of, you know, it's a game of inches and we're just not getting it done in the right moment. And so, yeah, hopefully this is something that turns because the situational hitting has got to get better.
2: Yeah, and in terms of individual players, uh, Wilson Contreras has looked great. He's turned around his slow start to the season, and he's been absolutely ripping the ball recently. So I think that's one positive that we can take out of these past few series is that he's been looking amazing.
0: And then continuing the trend with individual players, Nolan Gorman has been probably the biggest pleasant surprise of this young season. Um, Nolan Gorman was someone coming into the year that a lot of Cardinals fans had written off already, which is crazy because he's 22 years old, a left-handed power bat with the ability to hit 40 home runs. Um, and Cardinals fans had already forgotten about him. And that kind of shows you Cardinals fans, you are spoiled. Um, so I'm just calling everyone out, like, stop, just you know, stop reacting so quickly. Baseball is a sport that takes a long time, right? There's a lot of randomness involved. And so it takes a long time to figure out who's good and who's bad. We need a huge sample size. And so these 21 games can't tell us enough. Just like last season with Nolan Gorman, a small part of the season that he played, you know, less than 300 at-bats, that can't tell us anything about him as a player. We need probably two seasons of data to know who he is. And so while this is great, um, it looks like he's breaking out. The peripherals really support this. Um, very, very excited for what he can be this year. Already 20 RBIs, um, or 19, I guess, five bombs, and he is just mashing. So really excited to see what he can do the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, um, he's mashing, but two players who are very critical to this team's success are not quite mashing as hard, uh, Goldie and Arenado. Mm. Have not, I think combined for like four or five home runs this season, which is the same as Nolan Gorman, and four, okay. Um, yeah. Not been hitting the ball hard really at all. Hopefully they'll, they'll figure it out because they, they had such great seasons last year. I know Goldschmidt's getting up there in age, and I, I don't really want to talk about potential regression, but I think we might be seeing some signs of that um, early on in the season. So what do
0: we think about that? Well, with, with Goldschmidt, it's important to know, I mean, he's still hitting the ball really hard. Um, he's had a number of sharp flyouts, He's putting the ball on the track, and it's the type of thing. We know he has a lot of slow starts. Goldie's a second-half guy anyway. Um, particularly he's a June, July, August guy. As it heats up, Goldie heats up. That's the way he's always been throughout most of his career. That's the way he was last year. Those middle summer months carried him to his first career MVP. And, you know, Goldie's still hitting 290. He's had a he's had a fine start. Obviously, the slugging isn't there right now. Um, but that's that's bound to change. He's hitting the ball hard, he's hitting it right at fielders. This this series alone, he's had three sharp flyouts where he's hit the ball over hundred miles an hour. Last night he had 107 mile an hour flyout to deep center field. Like, just, you can't do much better than that, you know? So obviously he's going to find some holes. He's going to get the ball over the fence. The Cardinals as a team have an unsustainably low home run to fly ball ratio. These things are going to change. That's the way I see it.
2: Yeah. And as Sandy said, like, he's always been a second half player. Like yep. he, he, um he routinely has these slow starts in April and May, but you know, as soon as it heats up in June and July, like Goldie becomes a different player. He becomes, you know, the MVP we saw last season. So I'm not really concerned about him or Arnato, you know, um, they're just going to have to adjust to the start of the season. And I think after a while, you know, they'll, they'll pick it back up again.
0: Yeah. Arnato as well is really hitting the ball hard. Um, It's the same thing with Goldie and the same thing with most of the guys in this team. Uh, Generally high exit velocities correlate with high batting averages and high slugging percentages. And as I said before, over a larger sample size, it has to change. You, you can't smash the ball into a fielder's mitt every single time. So as long as Arnato keeps hitting the ball hard, the, the, batted ball, the batted ball profile will change.
1: Yeah, um, and it's worth noting, another small sample size, but in the World Baseball Classic, Arnato had an OPS of 1025 and Goldschmidt had an OPS of 895. So that was definitely really encouraging, especially against some of the world's uh, best pitchers. So that's that's definitely really good to see.
0: Yeah, for sure. And so I think, you know, I just want to use this time to tell all of Cardinal Twitter, especially, but Cardinal Nation in general, the Cardinals are 8-13, and 13, and I've been alive since 2002, and this is the farthest we've been below 500 in my lifetime. Five games. It's pretty crazy that we're saying this, um, but it's not time to panic. You know, it's April 23rd. We're five games below 500. Remember, the, the 2019 Nationals started off 19-31. and 31. Um, the Braves who won it in 2021, they had a very slow start to the season as well. Baseball is a long season. It's a game that needs to be played. That's why we have 162 games in the season. It's something that everything averages out. Good players rise to the top by the end of the year. Bad players fall to the bottom. We've seen so many hot starts over the years. Connor Joe last year, randomly one of the best players in the baseball in April, gone by the end of the year. Um, Charlie Blackman back in 2020, people are talking about him going to hit 400, not even close um so it's just stuff changes as the year goes on um the cardinals will look better i mean look at albert last year he looked abysmal in april and by september we're celebrating his 700th career home run yeah so um, just we just need to pump the brakes exercise a little bit of caution um you know it's gonna be all right
1: when you look at the 2020 home run leaders um through 60 games the uh the mlb home run leader was luke void who's completely fallen off since then yeah. And our good friend in the National League, it was uh, Ozuna from the Braves. So uh, <laughs> he's obviously not had a great start to this year either. So I mean, in a sixty-game small sample size, even it's only been like what twenty-two games. Yeah, twenty-one games. That's what the Cardinals have played so far. Yeah, I think we're going to be be just fine, it, uh, especially if we if we take a look at twenty twenty and some of the wild things that happened then.
0: I want to say it was 2017 or was it 2018 when Mike Leek was the NL ERA leader through like May 15th. Yeah. Mike uh, Leak didn't win the Cy Young that year for anybody who's wondering, you we know, got traded actually, I think we could. Exactly. exactly. Cause he was awful afterwards. Yeah. So crazy things happen in small sample sizes, you know, balls that shouldn't find holes occasionally do and balls that should find holes get caught and guys make good plays. Guys make bad plays um and the numbers are very distorted until there's enough time for the randomness and the luck to be filtered out.
1: Yeah, some some people on on Cardinals Twitter have even started criticizing Lars Nootbar whose OBP is like near 500. Crazy. is in the 8s. Yeah, he's hitting like 190, but he's only been back for like a week. Like it hasn't been that long since yeah. he came back from the IL. So, I feel like the OBP numbers are going to go down. The average numbers are going to go up. The slugging numbers are going to go up. And he's going to continue to be exactly who we think he is. Um, He had a couple of hard exit velo outs yesterday. He's still been hitting the ball hard. I don't think it's time to panic on Lars Newbar at all. And of course, he's still the same international sensation.
2: Oh, yeah. And I agree 100%. You know, Lars just came back from the IL. So, he's. Still going to uh, have time to adjust. But in terms of all the players who just returned, uh, today, Paul DeYoung makes his season debut. Uh, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Paul DeYoung, it's been a while since he was a useful player for the Cardinals. You'd have to look all the way back to the first half of 2019 uh, when Paul DeYoung was actually an All Star. Um, <laughs> he had a dynamite start to the season. And this seemed to be building on what was a really promising career at that point. Since then, He's not been the long-term solution the Cardinals were looking for. Um, And his extension that was signed has drawn the ire of a lot of fans. Paul DeYoung is actually a very useful um, player for today's discussion about sample sizes. It's been, we've got about three and a half years now of data showing that Paul DeYoung is not a, a great player. That's the type of sample size where you can start to criticize somebody, okay? So for Cardinals fans watching, when you have that much data, you can start to say, okay, this player is not a useful player. That's why I don't want to hear any criticism about (laughs) Dylan Carlson. I don't want to hear any criticism about Nolan Gorman or Tyler O'Neill or Lars Newpar or Brendan Donovan. So I wanted to stop. Um, But getting back to Paul DeYoung, sorry, I just had (laughs) had to say that. Getting back to Paul DeYoung. Obviously, we're interested to see what happens. Um, he had a small sample size acknowledged. Great start to the year in AAA. I don't know. Um, <laughs> what can you say about Paul? It's his last year, so maybe he shows something. Um, but, yeah, it seems like he's going to be a depth piece for most of this season.
1: Yeah, I mean, Taylor Motter, feel feel kind of bad for him because he's been everywhere throughout his career. He's probably been dfa yeah. more times and you can count but he was definitely not a viable option as our backup uh, utility middle infielder made a pretty bad play the other day, missing a tag. Um, yeah. cost the Cardinals a lot of runs. Um, if he makes that play, if Nick Ahmed doesn't hit a double on a cricket swing, then who knows maybe the Cardinals take another game against the Diamondbacks because they did have that ninth inning rally that wasn't enough. But I think if he continues to be that bench utility bat that the Cardinals um, said that he would be at the start of spring training. This team should be fine. He's starting today, which is makes me nervous. He's start, uh, starting over Tommy Edmund at shortstop, who hit a home run yesterday. He's been on fire, and that home run was hit left handed. So um, I don't really think it should matter that today's uh, Mariners pitcher uh, Chris Flexen will have him batting lefty, um, and he's also batting seventh ahead of Jordan Walker who's flanked on both sides yep. of the lineup by De young and on the other side by Kisner. So I don't know, maybe Jordan Walker will increase his on base a little bit because I'm not pitching to him. Um, but yeah, uh, hopefully De young is good. Um, I don't think any Cardinal fans should be as much as they might like to root against one of our own players that never makes any sense. So yeah, hopefully he can bounce back a little bit.
0: Yeah, I agree. Even as someone who has not been on the young train for a while, I hate to see Cardinals fans rooting against someone or preying on, you know, one of our own guys downfall, save that energy for Cubs players, you know, go root against them, go root against Cody Bellinger and Dansby Swanson. Don't, don't bring that negativity to this team. Um, obviously I want the world for Paul Young. I would love to see him have a huge bounce back year. I'd love to see him secure a big contract somewhere in the offseason. Um, So yeah, today I'll be watching and I'll be cheering for Paul Young. You know, I think that's really important as Cardinals fans. We need to do that for all our guys. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I love what Andrew said there. And then uh, the important thing about DeYoung, actually, the thing that hasn't changed, his defense. DeYoung still plays premium defense. He's a fantastic defender. He's got a good arm, great glove, lots of range. I'm excited to see him out there. I think without the shift, um, we've noticed that there's more premium on range for these middle infielders since they can't just, you know, start on the other side of the bag. They have to be able to get there after the ball's hit. So it's going to be really interesting to see DeYoung um, playing, you know, having a guard up the middle. I'm really excited. I'm excited to watch his work in the field.
1: Yeah, definitely his defense can't really be questioned. Definitely an upgrade over moderate who wasn't hitting all that well yeah. anyway. Um, but I don't think offense is really the issue. I think we should address some of the pitching concerns that we've had. Hmm. Definitely had a lot of conversations over the last couple of weeks on whether or not this pitching staff is – I think bottom five in MLB is, is one argument that I've heard um, from some fans, which is, I think. I think know, that's
0: yeah. premature. I think calling this pitching staff bottom five is definitely premature. Yeah, the Look results open, have been three right? so far, but it's proven. There's, there's a lot of proven talent on this pitching staff, and that <clears> needs to <throat> be remembered.
2: Yeah, that has been tough because I think um, before yesterday's game, we only had like two quality starts in the first 20 games of the season. If I'm, if I'm remembering that correctly. Yep. That's right. Yeah. So, two for
0: 21 now.
2: Yeah. Two for 21. Uh, so hopefully um, things will start to turn around pretty soon. Uh, today's an important day for Jack Flaherty, obviously. I guess an important Mariners offense. So we'll see how he does today. Going to be a big start for Flaherty.
1: We've seen him
2: do pretty well
1: against uh, in his last two starts. Um, I think against the Diamondbacks, he got um, a couple of inherited runs. Uh, scored against him after Polante gave up that grand slam. I yeah. don't really blame him for, for those runs scoring. I think Polante is dealing with some injury issue. Yeah. He's going to be rehabbing for a little bit down in triple a, but, um, after the, the first two games where he walked like 13 batters, I think he's, he's looked a lot sharper in his, uh, last couple of starts gotten a little bit unlucky, which is fine because he got really lucky in his first two starts. But I think, uh, if he comes around today against a Mariners lineup that has looked pretty good the last couple of days, I, I, I say I have a lot more confidence in him to lead this rotation. So, yeah,
0: I agree. I think with Flaherty, hopefully this gets out before the game today. Um, but with Flaherty, the big thing to watch, especially today, is that velocity. When Flaherty has his best stuff, he's pumping 96, sometimes 97, and he's got pinpoint accuracy, he keeps it low in the zone, and then he gets that fastball up by the letters, just blows it by hitters. Um, that rising fastball is really tough. So when Flaherty's got his best stuff, he's going to have that. You know, this year there's an interesting profile about Flaherty that was written and posted at Vive Albertos. Go check it out. Um, it's talking about how Flaherty's actually changed a lot as a pitcher this year. Obviously, small sample size, but it looks like he might be a more ground ball oriented pitcher now. Throwing a lot of stuff low in the zone, keeping it in the zone, filling it, pounding it with strikes when he can. Um, And so if he's at his best today, I think you're going to see him pumping 96 in the bottom of the zone, getting a lot of groundouts. Um, and I think he can be that guy. I really do think Flaherty can be an ace. He's got an ERA under three. Obviously it's early, um, but he looks really good. His last start against the Rockies looked fantastic. Um, I think Flaherty can be really good. Yeah. And
1: I think uh, some fans don't give Coursefield and the Rockies enough credit um, for how hard it is to play there. Um, mm-hmm. Flaherty, I think gave up a couple of runs, but he still looked really sharp for his first ever outing at Coursefield. Yeah, uh, I know Miles Michaelis has always struggled at course field. He's never been yeah. good there, um, and he he looked fine in his course field start. Um, about about average, I think, for Miles Michaelis there. So yeah. um, he was okay yesterday, um, okay in, in the game against the Pirates. I think he'd definitely do for some positive regression there. Um, mm-hmm. But we have to keep in mind that we took two or three from the Rockies at home, which is really really tough um, because even last year the Rockies
0: were over five hundred. Mm-hmm. I think they finished in 5th place but they were still over 500 at home. So every year they they're 500 at home every year. They're always a good team on their, like when they're at home. It's tough. Yeah. So
1: I mean, you got to give the, the Rockies credit for being good at home. Um see, seeing that as like a a series that you should sweep, it's pretty unrealistic. Um when the Rockies come here, I would expect a sweep. That team is is really really bad on the road, um and I would hope that we could handle our business then, but but we'll, we'll worry about that when we get to it.
0: I agree. And the pitching staff criticism, I don't like when people use the term pitching staff to criticize the pitching. Criticize one piece of it. Criticize the rotation if you want. Admittedly, it hasn't been great. Two quality starts and 21 chances, <clears throat> not impressive. Um, but the bullpen has been really good. And I hate to see the bullpen draw the ire of fans. Now, there have been some individual um, there have been some individual performances that haven't been fantastic. Um, no one loves to see Jordan Hicks struggle the way he has. And in case you're wondering, no, he can't get sent down. Yes. He's out of option years and yes, he's too old. Um, so the Cardinals are going to hang on to him because they're not just going to give away a guy who throws 103. So we're probably going to see him up for most of the year, but the bullpen outside of Jordan Hicks has actually been really good this year. Um, drew Verhagen is a revelation. He looks like he might be the pitcher the Cardinals dream of him being, very exciting stuff. Zach Thompson is legit. Yeah, he gave up a couple runs last night, um, but he'd had a fantastic start to the season. Mm-hmm. And I expect him to continue to be great. I'm really glad. It looks like he's found his home in the bullpen. And it looks like he's going to be a really good, high leverage left-handed reliever for us. Ryan Helsley is still really good. Um, he's still an elite closer. Gio Gallegos looking as good as he's looked in a long time. And Cabby might be having a resurgence season, you know? So keep an eye out on that. Even Jojo Romero looked good in his appearance the other night. So I think if you're going to criticize the pitching staff, I understand the criticism directed at the rotation, but I think the bullpen has been really good.
1: Yeah. um, Gallegos was a guy I was concerned about to start the season. Didn't look great last year. Had a little bit of a down year. Um, And WBC against Japan, just not a good look. Um, I -hmm. I know it's Shohei Otani and and Murakami, two of the best hitters in, in the world, but you just can't be blowing games like that in a clutch situation for the Cardinals. Like I would, I would yeah. not like to see that, but he's proven me wrong. I think the pitch clock is actually to his benefit somehow. I think he's getting out of his own head. Um, in yeah. This- it keeps him focused. Yeah. So I think it's really good uh, to see guy goes doing as well as he has.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now the Cardinals, this first series kicked off um, what looks like it's going to be a tough road trip. Obviously, we have these three games in Seattle, followed by three games in L.A., and then a four-game series in San Francisco before the Cardinals get to return home uh, in the month of May. Um, starting this road trip 0-2, not ideal. Hopefully, they get a win today, salvage the series, um, and then you know go on and, and look our best against the Dodgers, who have scuffled to start the year, and then the Giants, who have also had a really disappointing start. Um, but yeah. It looks like a tough road trip ahead. Andrew and Gravy, what do you kind of expect from the team in the upcoming days?
1: Yeah, so the Dodgers have scuffled um, into the start of this season, and I think this honestly is for real. I had said um, a couple weeks ago that one of the Dodgers or the Mets is not going to make the playoffs, Um, and I think the Dodgers are looking like that team to me. That rotation, headlined by Kershaw, he's always going to be pretty good. Uh, But Julio Urias has regressed towards his fit numbers, um, shown that in the WBC, shown that at the start of the season. He's not as good as – um, we've seen in past years and I think that that is the more real side of him other guys like Noah Syndergaard are going to be there Dustin May going to be there um but it's not a, a star-studded rotation like we've seen in past years and that lineup we got bets Freddie Freeman and Outman, who's been a big fantasy revelation I wish I could have picked him up on off waivers but um that's kind of it with, with that lineup. Will Smith is going to be a top tier catcher, but there's a lot of holes in that lineup too. I think the Cardinals lineup is definitely better than the Dodgers. So I think if we can go into LA and make a statement, that'll be pretty promising, but yeah, um, it'll be tough.
0: I'll agree with you. The Dodgers are definitely more vulnerable than they've been in the past, um, but the past is a 111 win season. So <laughs> yeah. it's uh I think they're still really good. I think we're going to be sitting here in September talking about how they're a playoff team. Yeah. I think they're just really tough to beat. Still, I like the rotation a lot. I think, yeah, Urias hasn't had a great start, but he's shown us in a massive sample size that he's a really good pitcher. Um, you know, Kershaw looked great the other day. I think the Dodgers are going to be fine, but I like that we at least get him at the beginning of the season. You know, getting him early in the season when they're not playing their best. Hopefully, that means you know, hey, the Cardinals can get some work in against them. I think for this road trip though it'll be a big success if the Cardinals salvage it to go five and five on the road trip. I'd really be happy um, if we could go five and three over these next eight games here. I think we can take a couple against the Giants. I really think we could take three or four if everything goes right
1: uh, because I still believe in this team. So that's what I got to say. Yeah. And then we get to face the angels, but then we got the Tigers. So that should be a little bit better.
2: Yay. Yeah. But honestly, I'm, I'm not even that scared of the Giants offense at all. Um, I mean, they're pitching. Yeah. They do have some big names there like Logan Webb and, uh, Desclefani, but, um, I, you know, in that four game set, if we can, you know, split that series, I would be very happy. Um, I do think we can even win that series. It it really, you know, the the giants are six and 12 to start the season. So I, I think we can easily beat them.
0: Yeah. I think the, like, I just think the one thing that everyone needs to remember all these fans that are saying they're jumping ship, It's April 23rd. It's going to be all right. The Cardinals are fine. We're a very talented team. Everyone on this team has done it before, except for the rookies who have a lot of hype. Like Jordan Walker, sure, he hasn't done it before, but gosh, he looks like a can't-miss prospect, and he's been really fun since he came up. All five of these starters are MLB vets. They've all done it before. Everyone in this bullpen, for the most part, has done it before or has a lot of hype around their name. Everyone in this lineup has done it before. There are so many all-stars on this team. There are so many players with all-star capability on this team. It's going to be fine. Um, I think on paper, the Cardinals are very good. And usually things on paper tend to be correct at the end of the season because, like we said before, the law of averages, progression occurs, the Cardinals will be fine. That's what I just want to say. That's what I, I want everyone to get out of this episode. I want everyone to get that out of the month of April. The Cardinals will be okay. If this is our worst-case scenario and we're only five games below 500, that's really good. <laughs>
1: I want to address one last concern. Um, I've heard some people uh, say that part of the pitching problems have been because uh, Molina hasn't been around um, this season and we have had we have a new catcher. Some of that veteran leadership in the clubhouse has gone away. I don't agree with that at all. Uh, first of all, Miles Michaelis, who has struggled a lot out of the gate, was caught by Andrew Kisner for most of his starts last year. So um, that doesn't really, uh, I don't think Molina really plays a role at all um, in his struggles. Um, but what do you guys think about the potential leadership change uh, in the clubhouse moving from like Albert and Yachty more towards Goldie and Arnauto?
0: Sure. There's a big change, but I really do think Goldie and Arnauto were super vocal last year anyway. And Adam Wainwright's still here, you know, Adam Wainwright hasn't been healthy um, and he's down in the minors right now rehabbing, but he was here at the very beginning of the year. He'll be back soon. You know, he's almost done with his rehab assignments. There's still veteran leadership on this team from last year. And, you know, The Cardinals have shown over the last 20 years, because they haven't had a losing season in literally forever. So people who want a continuous winner, stop complaining. You have one already that that leadership transition has already occurred plenty of times. You know, when Albert left after 2011 to go to Anaheim, there was a big leadership change that had to happen and new guys stepped in and eventually they grew up to be the leaders. Matt Carpenter, rookie on the team in 2011, um, you know, just appeared in a couple games. He grows into that leadership role. Adam Wainwright, you know, when he when he joined the team back in 06, he was a rookie, and so was Yachty And they eventually became leaders. And there were other leaders on that team, like Jim Edmonds, who's in the booth now, <laughs> like Jim Edmonds, and uh, and Eckstein and you know, all those guys, Scott Rowland. So the Cardinals have already undergone plenty of leadership changes. I don't think this one is any different. The Cardinals have had plenty of legends move on, and that's I don't think that's a valid excuse.
2: Yeah. Another, oh, sorry about that. Uh, Another important thing to note is, um, you know, the the pitching coach change that happened over the off season. Like I I, I guess we're still getting used to, you know, these new guys in leadership positions. So obviously that'll take a while to get used to. Um, And probably towards the middle half of the season, that's when um, we'll start to see uh, how, how their coaching is affecting our team.
1: Yeah. I also don't think that there is a single chance, the cardinals don't make a a deal for a pitcher at the deadline we have too much outfield depth we got new bar carlson o'neill burleson carlson um walker just like so many outfielders that we have to give up somebody for a pitcher right like obviously i would love for that pitcher to be uh, shohei otani but um there's other good options out there right like the marlins i don't know um if they'll shop alcantara they might they might hear us out. Um, they haven't been off to the greatest start of this season, um, and neither has Alcantara. Right. So maybe well,
0: the Marlins actually are, have like a like a twelve and nine record or like thirteen and nine. Like they've been okay. great. Alcantara though has not been his best. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right about
1: that. Right. Right. Okay. So um, there's Lizardo on that team who I think can definitely be an ace type player. I, I don't I don't want a player that is not going to vastly improve this pitching. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I would not. Trade for Jose Quintana this year if he were available. Like even even at his peak last year, he was one of our best pitchers. I wouldn't I wouldn't trade for him because I think our depth is good enough, or we don't need a guy like him. Like as Mo said, we have six starting pitchers. Like that that quote has been memed a lot on Twitter, of course. Like not all six of our starting pitchers have been performing very well, but I I think at the trade deadline we're going to get like an ace type pitcher, maybe a Zach Gallen, maybe uh, a Jesus Lizardo, um, maybe well give the Marlins even more like that Ozuna trade, but um, there, there's guys out there that, that will improve this team and it will happen at the trade deadline.
0: I really like that optimism and I agree with you. And I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. If you look at the Cardinals rotation, what I, I believe Flaherty can still be an ace, but he might not have the same strikeout numbers. Mm-hmm. So he's probably a number two type at this point in his career. Miles Michaelis is a number two type. He's been that, you know, kind of that one B type of pitcher for a long time, which is great. You know, um, we have a lot of mid rotation arms and I don't want another mid rotation arm. You know, if the Cardinals go out, that's why I really didn't expect the Cardinals to be on on Pablo Lopez. Who's had a great start, but again, small sample size. And he always seems to start hot. If, if the Cardinals go out, like Andrew said, and add a Quintana or like Rich Hill type player, I'm not going to be pleased. And I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think the Cardinals would give up valuable depth for that kind of guy right now, because it doesn't make this team better. Um, Number threes, number two, number three, number four type guys, usually contact pitchers. Um, They're not those overpowering bulldogs on the mound. Usually those kind of guys are very volatile and they might have a great year and they might have a bad year. And I think we're seeing a lot of them have bad starts. Um, And so adding another one that player probably doesn't make the team better. So I agree. We definitely need to add an ace if we're going to add. And I think those kind of guys are available. I believe this is Aaron Nola's walk here as well. So keep an eye on the Phillies, who also have not been off to a great start.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's also the need for, for offense with runners in scoring position. And there's no there's no better way to kill <laughs> two birds with one stone than to get a guy who's an ace at the head of the rotation and is also the best player within the last decade. Uh, in terms of slugging percentage with runners in scoring position so you know anyway um with that on that note we'll get into our history game i believe we all lost our history two days ago so we have a we have a new one um starting i believe i got my pick did goldschmidt get a hit yesterday Mm, i don't think so and uh i think gravy took new bar i'm not sure if he got a hit yesterday either i have not been keeping up with with all of these games, they're not that fun to watch. Um, but we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, so I think yeah, Goldschmidt was hitless, left six on base, so that's fine. Okay, bar had one hit, but I think prior to this episode, we all had a little bit of a gentleman's agreement to take some some fun players
0: uh, for today's uh, hit streak. So, Sandy, we'll start with you. I'm going to be taking uh, offensive powerhouse Andrew Kisner.
2: <laughs> so I'm
0: in the lineup today, and thought, wow, I need him <laughs> on my hit streak squad. So, I mean, how great would it be to have a streak started by Andrew Kisner, right? Like that's a once in a lifetime event. So I will be taking Andrew Kisner. Um, It's going to be great. I think Andrew Kisner, he's going four for four with four bombs today. So,
2: (laughs) all right. Uh, For me, um, you know, along the similar lines, I'm going to take Paul DeYoung in his season debut. So, and I also think he's going to hit four home runs today. So we shall see what happens there.
1: And I'm going to take any bench bat. So that includes for today, I think Tommy Edmund, Dylan Carlson, Juan Yepes, any guy on the bench to get a hit. Um, so if anyone on the bench wants to wants to get a hit for me, that would be greatly appreciated. They might not even get an at-bat. Who knows? Maybe Kisner is not coming football. out of this game. Yeah. And then he's just not coming out of the game. So maybe maybe I won't even get an at-bat today. But we're taking any bench bat
0: to get incoming it. KISBomb. It's gonna happen. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs>
1: um before we wrap up this episode i wanted to touch on our mpb news we try to do this every week or so um just to give uh fans an update on what's happening overseas because a lot of these guys are going to come over and some of those guys uh what some of our guys in the u.s they went over so in his first two minor league outings in japan trevor bauer that's a name we haven't heard in a while but trevor bauer has thrown nine plus innings allowing just one run and striking out eight. This is all for minor league uh, Japanese baseball. Um, wow. He increased his pitch count up to 77 in his second outing, and he nears his NPB debut for the Bay Stars. Masahiro Tanaka reached a very huge milestone, 2,500 strikeouts combined between MLB and MPB, 991 here in the U.S., and in Japan, he has 1,509. Wow. A name to watch, Shunpeda Yamashita, in his first three career games. So small sample size, but in his first three career games, 17.1 innings pitched, one earned run, and 25 strikeouts through those innings.
2: Thank That's you.
1: pretty huge. Um, and Roki Sasaki dominated the best lineup in MPB, the SoftBank Hawks. Seven innings pitched, three hits, no earned runs, one walk, and eight strikeouts. Through three games this season, 20 innings pitched, no earned runs, and 30 strikeouts. Um, some of those Japanese guys, though, they haven't been doing too well. Uh, Oakland A's pitcher Shintaro Fujinami, uh, fourteen forty ERA, zero and
0: four, two point
1: zero six seven away. Strange
0: signing. I remember seeing that one and thinking why, but you know, yeah. It is, it is.
1: And Masataka Yoshida uh, with a six nineteen OPS through sixty one at bats, seventy two OPS plus. But we've seen him be really good against major league level pitching. I think he'll be just fine. Yeah. One bonus be. stat. Shohei Otani, of course, is just the best player in the world, as always. Um, Through believe five starts, 0.64 ERA, um, and his ERA plus is 7.18. And he's coming to St. Louis next week, uh, so we get to face that. So that'll be fun.
0: One more bonus stat for the Shohei lovers. Aaron Judge robbed one Shohei Otani home run (laughs) last week. (laughs)
1: Yeah, but Shohei Otani, I think... Has 1.9 more on the season. Aaron Judge, let's take a look how much he has.
0: That is absurd. 0. 0.7. Okay, so I think he's going to be like a 12-war season or higher, like 20-war yeah. season. It's absurd. Yeah.
1: So I'm going to the Cardinals
0: shy. We'll treat you all.
1: Well. Seriously.
0: He's, if he's better this year than he's been in years past, he's probably looking at upwards of $550 million. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And that'll wrap up this episode of Newt News. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, yes, it's, it's not the posi- most positive episode, um, but remember, we're preaching, just stay calm. Uh, we want to reassure Cardinals fans, it's going to be all right. Small sample size, weird things happen. So again, everyone, thanks for tuning in. We hope to see you again next week. Um, we'll be right back here, hopefully around the same time. And yeah, that's all.
1: We'll be breaking down the Angels series. Um, That'll be a really fun time for us. You're going to destroy me if we lose that
2: series. I, I already know it. I will. I absolutely will. All right. Signing off.